Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 8. After a restless night, but thankfully with no nightmares, Callie put on a colorful sundress and went out onto the beach barefoot to pick up shells. She met Bonjo on the way. He was wearing a long oyster silk hooded deluba. She'd never seen him out seen him out of he gave her a rueful glance the boss had to send to town for a new tuxedo last night he said with twinkling darkness i understand you took him swimming she couldn't help talking. i didn't mean to we had a name calling contest and he lost <laughs> he chuckled too you know his women rarely accost him they fawn over him play up to him stroke his ego and live for expensive presents i'm his sister she said usually you are not he replied gently. He smiled at her surprised glance. He does occasionally share things with me, he added. I believe the fiction. The fiction is to protect you from Lisa. She is obviously obsessively jealous of him, and not a woman to make an enemy of. She has powerful connections and little consciences. Oh, I got to her before I got to him, if you recall, Kelly said with a worried glance. She scuffed her toes in the sand, unearthing part of her perfect shell. She bent to pick it up. I guess I'll be fish food if she has mob connections. He chuckled. I wouldn't rule that out, but you are safe enough here. He admitted. We are. What are you doing? Collecting shells to take back home, she said, her eyes still on the beach. I've lived inland all my life. I don't think I've ever seen the ocean. Glaveston is on the bay, and it isn't too far from Jacobsville, but I've never been there either. It just fascinates me, she glanced at. Micah said you were from Morocco. That's where the Sahara Desert is, isn't it? Yes, but I am from Tangira. This is far north of the desert. But isn't desert too? But it's desert too, isn't it? She wondered. He laughed pleasantly. Tangier is seaport, made most... Mademoiselle, in fact, it looks a lot like nasty, so I don't mind working here with Micah. Really? She just stared at him. Isn't it funny how we get mental pictures of faraway places, and they're nothing like what you see when you get there? I've seen postcards of the Bahamas, but I thought the water was painted because it didn't even look real. But it is. It's the most astonishing group of colors. Bonjo! He turned to see his boss coming toward him, tank turn and threatening. It was enough for Kelly to hear the tone of his voice to know that he was angry. She didn't turn around, assuming he had chores for Bonjo. See you, she said with a smile. He left the boat brush. I wonder. He replied enigmatically and went down the beach to speak to Micah. Minutes later, Micah strolled down the beach where Callie was kneeling and sorting shells, damp with seawater and coated with sand. He was wearing sand-colored slacks with casual shoes and an expensive silk shirt under a sports coat. He looked elegant and so handsome that Callie couldn't continue, couldn't continue looking at him without letting her admiration show. Are you here for an apology? She asked, concentrating on the shells instead of him. Her heart was pounding like mad, but at least her voice sounded calm. I'm here to take you sightseeing. Her heart jumped. She thought that would be the last thing on his mind after their argument the night before. She glanced at his knees and wagon. Thanks for the offer, but I'd rather hunt shells if it's all the same to you. He struck his hands into his pockets and glared at her dark, bent head, his mouth making a thin line and a hard face. He felt guilty about the things he said to her the night before, and she'd made him question his whole lifestyle with that remark about Lissa. When he looked back, he had to admit that most of the women in his life had been out for material rewards, far from looking for love. They'd been looking for expensive jewelry, nights out in the fanciest nightclubs and restaurants, Sailing trips on his yacht, Callie wouldn't even let him buy her a decent dress. 
He glared at the dress she was wearing with bridled fury. Listen spent the evening condemning Callie for everything from her Texas accent to her lack of style. It had been one of the most unpleasant dates of his life, and when he refused to offer to stay the night at her apartment, she made furious comments about his unnatural attraction to his sister. Rather than be accused of perversion, he'd been forced to tell her the truth. That had only made matters worse. Lissa had stormed into her apartment house without a word, and he knew that she was vindictive. He'd have to watch Callie even more carefully now. I guess she gave you hell all night, huh? Kelly asked his shoes. I'm really sorry. He let a harsh breath. His dark eyes went to the waves caressing the white sand near the shore. Bits of seawood washed up over the occasional shell, along with bits of palm leaves. Why, do you, why don't you want to see Nasi? She stood up and lifted one of her bare feet. There was a noticeable blister between her big toe and the next one on both feet. Because I'd have to go barefoot. Got the wrong sort of sandals. They've got all. They got a thong that goes between their toes, and I'm not used to them. Sneakers don't really go with this dress. <laughs> not much wood, he said with a scathing trinity of it. Half the women on New Providence are probably wearing one just like it. She laid him. Assembly line dresses are part of my lifestyle. I have to live within my means, she said without outrage. With outrage pride. I'm sorry if I don't dress up to your ex exacting standards, but I can't afford hot tier couture or take home pay. On take home pay of a little over $150 a week, their chair tilted with even more hostility. So spare your blouse, your blushes, and leave me to my shells. I'd hate to embarrass you by wearing my rags out in public. Oh, hell, he burst out, eyes flashing. He was outraged, but she knew she'd hit the nail on the head. He didn't even try to pretend that he wasn't ashamed to take her out in public. Isn't it better? Isn't it better if I stay here anyway? Surely I'm safer in camp of our men than I would be running on Nasi. You seem to be surgically attached to Boncho lately, he said angrily. She lifted both eyebrows. I like Bonjo, she said. He doesn't look down on the way I dress or make fun of my accent or ignore me when I'm around. He was almost vibrating with anger. He couldn't remember any woman in his life making him as explosively angry as Callie could. Why don't you take Lisa sightseeing, she suggests, moving away from him. You can start with the most expensive jewelry, jewelry Nasi, and work your way to the most expensive boutique. My God, he had her up in his arms, and he was heading for the ocean. She pushed at his brushes. Don't you dare, don't you dare, Micah. It didn't work. He swung her around and suddenly was about to toss her out right into the waves when the explosion came. There was a ricochet that was unmistakable to Micah. And Bark flew off a palm tree nearby. Bonjour, Micah yelled. The other man, who was still within shooting, shouting distance, came running with a small weapon in his hands. Out beyond the breakers, there was a ship, a yacht, moving slowly. A glare of sunlight reflecting off metal was visible on the deck, and the ricocheting sound came again. What the? She explained as Micah ran down the beach with her in his arms. This way. This way, Bonjo yelled to him, and a sharp metallic ripple of gunfire sounded somewhere nearby. The firing brought out people to the beach, one of whom had a funny-looking long tube. It was Peter. Bonjo called something to him. He protested, but Bonjo insisted. He knelt, rested the tube on his shoulder, sighted and sighed it and pulled the trigger. Shell flew out of it with a muffled roar. Seconds later, there was a huge splash in the water just after the yacht's bow. That bot has a minute, about a minute. Let's go. Micah grabbed Callie up in his arms and rushed up the beach to the house at a dead run. His men stopped firing and followed. Micah called something to Bonjo in a language Callie had never heard before. What was that? She asked, shocked when he put him down and sat down. What happened? Lopez happened. 
Unless I mess my guess, I was careless. It won't happen twice, Micah said flatly. He walked away while she was still trying to form questions. Moments later, Michael went to find Banjo. The yacht is gone now, of course, Banjo said angrily. Peter is upset that I refuse to let him blow her up. Some things require more authority than I have, even here, Micah said flatly. But don't think I wasn't tempted to do just that. Lopez knows I have Callie, and he knows where she is now. He'll make a try for her. He looked at Banjo. She can't be out of our sight again, not for a second. I'm aware of that, the other man replied, his dark eyes. Micah, does she have any idea at all that you're using her as bait? Have you so much as mentioned that to her? Micah threatened softly. I would not, he showed the old man. But you must admit, it hardly seems the action of someone who cares for her. Micah stared him down. She's part of my family, and I'll take care of her. But she's only part of my family because my father married her champ of a mother. She'd manage to endure herself to my father, and it would kill him if anything happened to her. He said in a cold, I can't let Lopez get my father. Using Callie to bait him here, where I can deal with him safely, is the only way I have to get him at, him at all. And I'm not backing down now. As ye wish, Bondrup said heavily. At least she has no idea of this. Micah agreed. Neither of them saw the shadow at the door behind them retreat to a distance. Callie went back to her room and closed the door very quietly, before she let the tears roll down her white face. She'd have given two years of her life not to have heard those cold words from Micah's lips. She knew he was angry with her, but she didn't realize the contempt with which he was willing to risk her life just to get Lopez. All he said about protecting her, keeping her safe, not letting Lopez get to her, it was all lies. He wanted her for bait. That was all she meant to him. He was doing it to save his father from Lopez, not to save her. Apparently, she was expendable. Nothing in her life had ever hurt quite so much. She seemed to go numb from the pain. She didn't feel anything except emptiness. She sat down in the chair beside the window and looked out over the ocean. The ship that had been there was gone now, but Lopez knew where the house was and how well it was guarded. Considering his record, she didn't imagine that he'd give up his quest just because Micah had armed men. Lopez had armed men too in all sorts of condition connections. He also had a reputation for never getting bested by anyone. He would do everything in his power to get Callie back, thinking Micah really cared for her. After all, he rescued her, hadn't he? She wrapped her arms around herself, remembering how it had been at Lopez's house, how that henchman had tortured her. She felt sick all over. This was even worse than before than being in a foster care system. She was all alone. There was no one to offer her protection, to comfort her, to value her. Her whole life had been like that. For just a little while, she had some wild idea that she mattered to Micah. What a joke. At least she knew the truth now, even if she had to eavesdrop to learn it. She could only depend on herself. She was going to ask Bonjo for a gun and get him to teach her to shoot it. If she had to fend for herself, and apparently she did, she wanted a chance for a survival. Micah would probably turn her over to Lopez if he got a guarantee that Lopez would leave his father alone. She reasons irritably. The terror she felt was so consuming that she felt her whole body shaking with it. When Mike opened the door to her room, she had to fight not to rage at him. It wasn't his fault that he didn't care for her, she told herself firmly. She loved his father as much as she as he did. She managed to look at him without flinching, but the light in her eyes had gone out. They were quiet, haunted eyes with no life in them at all. Micah saw that and frowned. She was doing What's wrong? You're safe, he said. Lopez was only letting us know he's nearby. He's nearby. Believe me. If he wanted you dead, he'd. If he wanted you dead, you'd be dead. She said. I figured that out. She said in a subdued tone. What now? They frowned him. We wait, of course. We'll make another move. We'll draw back and let him think we didn't take the threat seriously. That will pull him in. She lifted her eyes to his face. Why don't you let me go sightseeing alone? She offered. That would probably do the trick. And risk letting him take you again. 
he added so yes solemnly. She laughed without humor and turned her eyes back to him. Isn't that what you have in mind already? The silence behind him was arctic. Would you like to explain that question? In ancient times, when they wanted to catch a lion, they tethered a live kid goat to a post and baited him with it. If the goat lived, they turned him loose. But if the lion got him, it didn't really matter. I mean, what's a goat, more or less? Mike had never felt so many conflicting emotions at the same time. Foremost of them were shame. You heard me talking to Boncho. She nodded. His indoor breath was the only sound in the room. Callie, he began, without knowing what he would say to repair the damage. It's okay, she said to the picture winner. I never had any illusions about where I fit in your family. I still don't. His teeth ground together. Why should it be so painful to hear her say that? She was the interloper. She and her horrible mother destroyed his relationship with his own father. He was alone because of her. So why should he feel guilty? But he did. He felt guilty and ashamed. He hadn't really met everything he said to Boncho. Somewhere there was a vague jealousy of the easy friendship she had with his right-hand man. With the tenderness she gave Boncho when she fought Micah tooth and nail. I'll do whatever you want me to do. She said after a minute, but I want a gun and I want to learn how to use it. She stood up and turned to face him, defiant in the shark theme with shark theme white t-shirt and blue jeans. She changed into because if Lopez gets to me this time, he's getting a dead woman. I'll never go through that again. My Jackson, he's not kidding you. He said coolly. Better me than dad. She said with a cold smile. Right. He slammed the door, walked toward her. She didn't even try to back up. She glared at him from a face that was tight with grief and misery, the tracks of tears still visible down her cheeks. Do you actually think I'd let him take you, even to save Dad? He demanded fiercely. What sort of man do you think I am? I have no idea, she said honestly. You're a stranger. You always have been. He searched her blue eyes with irritation and impatience. You're a prime example of the reason I prefer mercenary woman. women, he said without thinking. You're nothing but a pain in the neck. Thank you. I love compliments. You probably thrive on insults, he bit off and reminded how, remember how she had to live off all those years ago and could have slapped himself for taunting her. If they're all you've ever heard, you get used to them. She agreed without racer. I'm tough. I've had to be. So do your worst, Micah. She had to tie me to a palm tree and wait in ambush for Lopez to shoot at me. I don't care. But she did care. There was real pain in those blue eyes, which she was shined so violently to disguise with sarcasm. It hurt her that Micah would use her to draw Lopez in. That led to him to the question why it hurt her. And when he saw the answer in her eyes, he could have gone through the floor with shame. She loved him. He felt his heart stop and then start again as though... As the thought went through him like electricity, she almost certainly loved him. She was doing everything in her power to keep him from seeing it. He remembered her arms around him, her mouth surrendered into his, her body fluent and soft under his hands as she yielded instantly to his door. A woman with her past would have a hard time with lovemaking, yet she'd be willing to let him do anything he liked to her. Why hadn't he questioned that soft yielding? Why hadn't he known? And she, and she heard what he said to Boncho, feeling that way. I swear to you, I won't let Lopez get you, he said in a firm silence. You mean you'll try, she replied. I want a gun, Micah. Over my dead body, he said Arthur. You're not committing suicide. Her lower lip trembled. She felt trapped. She looked trapped. That expression initiated him like fireworks. He jerked her into his tall, powerful body and bent to her mouth before she realized his intent. His warm, hard mouth bent into her lips with arrogant insistence as her arms developed, as his arms enveloped her completely against him. He felt his body swelling. 
He felt his body swell instantly, as it always did when he touched her. He groaned against her mouth, and deepened the kiss, lost the wonder of being loved. Dizzily, he registered that she was making a half-hearted effort to push him away. He felt her cold, nervous hands on his chest. He lifted his head and looked at her wary, uncertain little face. I won't hurt you, he said so. You're angry, she choked. It's a punishment. I'm not, and it isn't. He bent again and kissed her eyelids. His hands worked their way up into the thickness of her hair, then down her back, slowly pressuring her, pressing her to him. She shivered at the feel of him against her lips, her hips. He chuckled at the telltale sign. Most men would kill to have such an immediate response to a woman, but I don't suppose you know that. You shouldn't. He lifted his head again and gave her a look full of amused worldly wisdom. You think I can? You think I can will it not to happen, I guess? She flushed. Sorry, honey, but it doesn't work that way. He moved away just enough to spare her blushes, but his hand slid to her waist and held her in front of him. I want you to stay in the house, he said, as if he hadn't done anything outrageous at all. At all. Stay away from the windows and porches, too. She searched his eyes. If Lopez doesn't see me, she went. He knows you're here, he said with faint disdain. I don't want him to know exactly where you are. Oh, I've been on every corner of the property, in the house for the duration. I won't let you be captured. She leaned her forward against him, shivering. I can't imagine how it was, she said huskily. His arms tightened, holding her close. He cursed herself. <laughs> he cursed himself forever, having thought of putting her deliberately in the line of fire. He couldn't imagine he'd been that callous, even briefly. It had been a logical thing to do, and he'd never let emotion get in the way of work, but Callie wasn't like him. She had feelings that were easily bruised, and he'd done a lot of damage already. Those nightmares she had should have convinced him how dramatic her captivity had been, but he hadn't even taken that into consideration when he was setting up Lopez by bringing Callie here. I'm sorry. He bit off the words. He wondered if she knew how hard it was to say that. She blinked away sun tears. It's not your fault. You're just trying to save Dad. I love Dad too, Micah. She said at his trust. I don't blame you for doing everything you can to keep him safe. His eyes closing and grows. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe too. He told her. She said, I know. She pulled away from him with a faint smile to soften her rejection. Thanks. He studied her face and realized that he'd never really looked at her so closely before. She had time... She had tiny little, tiny little line of freckles just over her straight little nose. Her light blue eyes had flecks of dark blue in them, and she had the faintest little dimple in her cheek when she smiled. He touched her pretty mouth with his fingertips. It was slightly swollen from the hunger and insistent pressure of his lips. She looked rumpled from his door, and he liked that, too. Take a picture, she said uncomfortably. You're pretty. He moaned with an odd smile. I'm not. Stop trying to flatter me. She replied. She the It isn't flattery. He bent and brushed his mouth lightly over her parted lips. She gasped and hung there, her eyes wide and vulnerable on his face when he drew back. Her reaction made him feel taller. He smiles off. You don't give an inch, do you? I suppose it's hard for you to trust anyone after the life you've led. I trust Dad, she snapped. Yes, but you don't trust me, do you? Not an inch, she agreed, pulling. And you don't have to kiss me to make me feel better, either. It was it was to make me feel better. He pointed out, smiling at her smile. It did, too. <laughs> she shifted her posture a little, confused, as dark eyes slid over her body, not on the little points that punctuated her breasts and the unsteady breathing she couldn't control. Yes, she wanted him. She held her arms over her breast, curious about why he was staring at them. They felt uncomfortable, but she didn't know why. I didn't tell Alyssa that you were an embarrassment to me, he said suddenly and watched her face color. 
It's okay, sure, but you like, I know I don't have good dress sense. I don't care about clothes most of the time. I'm used to women who do and who enjoy letting me pay for them. The more expensive they are, the better. He sounded jaded and bitter. She studied his hard face, recognizing disillusionment and resistance. She moved a step closer and volunteered. He sound, I don't know, cheated, maybe. I feel cheated, he said shortly. His eyes were full of, her, full of harsh memories. No man likes to think that he's paying for sex. Then why do you choose women who wants expensive gifts from you? She asked him bluntly. Excuse me, I don't know. Don't you really? She asked her eyes, soft and curious. You've always said you don't want to get married, so you just pick women who don't want the two either. That sort of woman only lasts so long as the money does. Or am I wrong? He looked down at her from his great height, with their eyes and wounded pride. I suppose you're one of those women who would rush right over to a penniless man and offer to get a second job to help him out of debt. She smiled sheepishly, ignoring the sarcasm. I guess I am, she suggested. I scare men off. They don't want me because I'm not interested in what sort of car they drive or the expensive places they can afford to take me to. I like to go walking in the country and pick wildflowers. She peered up at him with a mischievous smile. The last man I said that said that to left town two days before he was supposed to. He was doing some accounts for Mr. Kep and he left skid marks. Mr. Kep thought he was hilarious. He was a notorious ladies man. It seems that he actually seduced Mr. Kep's last assistant. Micah didn't smile as she expected him to. He looked angry. Shut up, Ann. Don't have... I don't have designs on you, honest. I know you don't like wildflowers, and this is your sort of woman. I'm not interested in you that way, anyhow. Considering the way you kissed me, you might have trouble for proving that. He commented dryly. She cleared him. He kissed very nicely, and I have to get experience where I can. Is that it? He asked dubiously. She nodded enthusiastically. She swallowed again as the terror of the last hour came back, and the eyes she lifted to his were suddenly on Micah. He's never going to stop, is he? Probably not, unless he has help. He lifts in an eyebrow. I have every intention of helping him once I've spoken with the authorities. What authorities? Never mind. You know nothing. Got it? She saluted him. Yes, sir. He made a face. Come on out. We'll have Mac make some sandwiches and coffee. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I can eat something? He hesitated before he opened I really meant what I told you, he said. Lopez won't get within 50 yards of you as long as there's a breath in my body. Thanks, he said unsteadily. He felt cold inside. He couldn't imagine what had made him tell such lies to Boncho where she might overhear him. He hadn't meant it. That was honest, but he knew she thought he had. She didn't trust him anymore. He opened the door and let her go through first. A whiff of the soft rose fragrance she wore drifted up into his nostrils and made his heart jump. She always smelled sweet, and she had a loving nature that was miraculously considering her past. She gave with both hands. He thought of her with Boncho, and something snapped inside him. Bonjo's off limits, he said as she passed him, so don't get too attached to him. She looked up at him. What bunch? What a bunch of sour grapes, she accused. Just because I withdrew my proposal of marriage to you? She stalked off down the hall. He opened his mouth to speak, to speak and just laughed instead. End of chapter 8.